Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning. Uh, this is Dan Darling. Glad to be here with you uh, on Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. I'm filling in. Carmen needs some uh, time away today. Uh, I'm senior VP at NRB and previously worked at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission as VP of Communications. Glad to be on the radio this morning. Uh, I've always loved radio. Uh, as I was saying uh, in the first hour, I grew up listening to radio, Christian radio, all sorts of uh, radio sports and everything else like that. And I think it has a really great informative impact on people and glad that you're huddled uh, around listening. Uh, these are these are hard times. These are tumultuous times in our country uh, with uh, the coronavirus uh, having put us in a just a moment unlike anything we've ever seen in terms of shutting down and staying inside and just seeing 100,000 uh, fellow Americans uh, die to, due to the coronavirus. And then uh, this uh, conversation we're having about about race, both the, the uh, systemic injustice that we see with our African-American uh, brothers and sisters, but also uh, these, these protests, which are important, but then some have gotten violent and rioting. And, and there's just a lot of unrest, unsettling. And I hope that you're leaning into the uh, to the word of God. I hope that you're, you're taking comfort and refuge in Christ and, and that uh, you're not letting your heart be troubled uh, by what is going on in the world. We're going to have a great hour ahead of us today. Uh, we're going to have my friend Paul Ace from Plugged In Online to talk a little bit about movies and streaming and really an important movie that I think families should watch called Just Mercy. But we're going to take a short little break and the other side we'll have our conversation with Paul Ace from Plugged In. On Mornings with Carmen, this is Dan Darling filling in for Carmen. Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. This is Dan Harling, uh, guest hosting for Carmen, who's spending some time away today. Glad to be with you on the radio, on Faith Radio. Uh, what a what a interesting times we're living in, what tumultuous times we're living in. And uh, part of the conversation, a big conversation we're having in the last couple of weeks is um, really our country's uh, shameful history of racism. Uh, and it's it's we're being forced to confront, I think, some of the ongoing uh, racism that's both in our systems and individual uh, acts of racism. And uh, there's a movie that has been really recommended by a lot of folks to watch called Just Mercy. It's available for free to stream uh, on several streaming services now. It was released last year. Uh, and I've invited uh, Paul Ace from Plugged In Online for Focus on the Family to come and uh, help us talk about this movie and some other uh, things uh, related to movies and streaming. Paul, thanks for joining us this morning. I appreciate it. 
so happy to be here. It's an important time to talk about stuff like this. So, Paul, tell us about this movie, Just Mercy. Uh, If if people are not familiar, uh, Brian Stevenson uh, is with The Innocence Project. He's done some really incredible work on a part of our history that, unfortunately, for for people like me, uh, white Americans, may not have even uh, known about uh, the the just really horrible history of lynchings and the way that uh, the criminal justice system was used to to really hunt down uh, African-American uh, men and women, pr- predominantly in the South. Can you explain uh, what this movie is about and, and why you recommend families watch it? Yeah, you know, th- this is a, a, a great movie, as you were just saying. And, and like you, I think that, that for me, um, growing up in the culture that I did, uh, I, I don't think I was I – was, as aware of some of the issues that that are still sort of ongoing, I think that sometimes, um, sometimes we can imagine that 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 all this stuff is in the past. Obviously, we can't do that now, and we really shouldn't have ever believed that. But but just mercy shows us, as you say, Brian Stevenson, um, very early on in his career. He he he. The real life Brian Stevenson is a lawyer who works to free innocent men who are on uh, often on death row. And, and one of his first real high-profile cases was taking a, a gentleman named Johnny D. Uh, his real name is Walter Millen, but everybody called him Johnny D. He was accused of killing a white woman, um, and he was on death row. He did not do it. He had literally hundreds of witnesses that could place him somewhere else at the time, but because all the witnesses were black, they were discounted at the time. This was in, in 1991 um, when when this happened, and it happened in Monroeville, which is, of course is the location for To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, so you have this, this town in the movie that's really proud of its heritage, talking about, about To Kill a Mockingbird and the powerful message that that relayed. And yet some of those, a lot of those racist attitudes filtered down through decades and decades and still were very, very much present in this town in in, in 1991. Um, It stars... Uh, fantastic cast. Michael B. Jordan stars as Brian Stevenson. Uh, Jamie Foxx is incredible as Walter McMillan. Brie Larson is also in it. Um, it's a really powerful but difficult story. Uh, this is not a, uh, a, a this is not a, a story that that takes these issues lightly. It deals with a lot of the problems that that we see head on. And of course, we see many, many just painfully racist moments within this, within the framework of the story. But it's to illustrate a point. Um, And the point, I think, is so valid and so strong and so timely. Um, it's It's a great movie. And it can be for families that are willing to walk through some of the difficult content, you're going to deal with some some profanity as well. Uh, for families that are willing to, to, to deal with some of the content that's in this movie, it is a fantastic catalyst for some really, really important conversations that, that we need to have right now. Yeah, really important movie, I think, for, for families to watch. And, and sometimes, uh, Paul, you know, movies sort of have to shock us into mm-hmm. understanding an issue and shock our consciences a little bit. Obviously, Families will have to make determinations on age appropriateness and, and what their kids can handle in terms of violence and trauma and, and those things. But it seems like a really important movie that's, I, I believe, available to stream. Is it not on several of our streaming services, right? 
You know, I think it was a, a fantastic decision of the makers of the movie. They, they've actually released it to, as you say, a number of streaming services. It's available at Amazon. Um, it's available on YouTube, and they even have their own site that you can can stream it at. Uh, so you can. There's a lot of locations uh, that you can actually watch this movie for free. And again, um, it's it was released around Oscar time, which is an indication of how strong the makers believed the movie was. It had some some Oscar consideration going for it. It's very, very well done. Not only does it bring up some very important issues, but it does bring up those issues in a in an incredibly powerful, winsome way. Um, it's definitely one that 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 I think a, a lot of people should should sit down and see because as I say, I think that this movie, was in a sense a catalyst for me to I think understanding some of these issues a little bit better. Um, I think so many of us can um, we just live in our own worlds and sometimes it takes a trauma as as what we've seen in the last two weeks to to really shake us out of it and 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 help us to really say that that racism isn't just a problem, but it's something that that just has to be dealt with and it's decades overdue. Mm. Yeah, it's we we have this idea to think that we've progressed to the point where uh, certain sins are in the past, and and we know as, as as Christians that that sin, you know, is a persistent thing uh, that has to be faced every generation. And so this movie can help uh, kind of shock our consciousness to believe that hard to believe that this happened in 1991, where you'd think uh, something like this would not happen in the United States of America, and yet it did. Uh, and we're seeing some of that today as well. Uh, we're we're going to have Paul on the other side of a short break, and I'm going to ask him, I'm going to uh, change subjects a little bit and ask him uh, just about movie theaters and streaming and where kind of all this technology is going and kind of his opinion on on, on what he sees for the future. So uh, stay with us uh, on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. This is Dan Darling filling in for Carmen uh, on the radio this morning. Glad to have you with us, and uh, we'll be back after a short break. <laughs> Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. This is Dan Darling. So glad to be with you this morning. And we're continuing our conversation about all things movies and streaming. And I've got Paul Ace from Plugged In Online. If you uh, don't have Plugged In Online bookmarked uh, on your phone or laptop or however you go online, you really should. It's a great uh, tool from Focus on the Family with some great movie reviews for, for uh, families uh, to check out. And Paul, I want to ask you about a movie that I have not seen, but uh, that you uh, really liked called The Vast of the Night. Uh, tell us about this movie. It released directly uh, to streaming and, and tell us why you like the movie. You bet. You bet. Vast of Night may be actually my favorite movie released during during the coronavirus. Obviously, a lot of the big releases have been pushed aside. They've been postponed. Um, no one can go to any theater. So we've really been stuck with, with streaming services for the most part. The Vast of Night is essentially a slow burn sci-fi story. It revolves around two teens who hear a very strange noise 
over the lines. It takes place in the in the 1950s. Um, one of the teens, Faye, works as a, a telephone operator. You know, one of those old-fashioned telephones that, that systems that have the cords and everything. She's plugging things in so people can talk with each other. Over one of the lines, she hears a very strange noise, and she calls her friend Everett, who works at a local radio station, to ask him if he's ever heard that noise. He hasn't. And so they decide to do something that I'm pretty sure you would not be able to do up there. Uh, and th and that's they they turn on they they let Everett's listeners hear the actual sound. They play it over the radio um, for what he jokes is his five listeners. And the story really becomes this this tale of how these two teens are trying to track down this mysterious sound and sort of the 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 suspense and 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 even horror that goes along with it. One of the things that I really appreciated about this story is that it feels incredibly old fashioned. Not only does it take place in the 1950s, but it's set up like an old Twilight Zone episode in a way. Um, it even features sort of a Rod Sterling type of narrator talking, uh, sort of setting it up as an episode of this Twilight Zone type of show. And it also has a bit of an element of, I'm not sure if if you're a big fan of this, but I am, old-time radio drama. You know, the, mm. the old mystery shows, that you know, the War of the Worlds that, 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 that Orson yes. Welles made so famous. Uh, it, all of those things sort of filter into this because it's so pinned to conversations. Um, Sometimes the screen even goes black so you can hear the conversations better. Uh, and, and so much of the quote-unquote action is people just talking with each other. This is a movie that is almost free of CGI. It has no explosions. Um, but the storytelling is so strong and, and, and so compelling that as I was listening – when I review movies, honestly, you know, there's there's a lot going on in in, in kind of where I watch at home. This was a, a movie that that I put on my headphones. I turned on the noise canceling stuff. I leaned closer and closer into the screen as I was as I was watching because it was just so compelling. Um, the other thing that I was really impressed by is it's old fashioned in terms of its content. Um, you know what we do at Plugged In, we, we really check to make sure that things are good for families. So we check about uh, a, a lot of problematic content that you can see in movies, violence, language. There is one really bad word that you hear in a very stressful moment. You hear some other mild language concerns. Um, you The teens do smoke. Uh, but besides that, it is almost completely free of of issues. You don't have a lot of violence to worry about. You don't have a lot of of sensuality that you have to 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 hide your kids from. Um, they really concentrated on the power of the story, without resulting resorting to a lot of the other unfortunate stuff that that a lot of filmmakers do today. Mm. That's that's good. So check that out. Uh, the vast of night. Uh, While well, I have you here. Fine. On Amazon Prime. While I have you here, Paul, I'm dying to know your thoughts on uh, movie theaters and streaming and where all that's going to go. Uh, yesterday, we were reading that perhaps AMC theaters might file for bankruptcy. Um, do you think uh, movie theaters are a thing of the past? Do you think they'll come back? Uh, and where do you think it will go with, in terms of streaming with all these streaming services? Are we going to have a, a million services? Are they going to all survive? Uh, what's your thoughts on all that? 
Those are all really great questions. And it's and it's a really tricky, you know, the, the, the answer is essentially we don't know, but but I do have some thoughts on on where it might go. Um, the Vast of Night is actually a, a really interesting case study in this. They they released it on Amazon Prime, but a couple of weeks before, they sent it out to drive-in movie theaters because it has this old-fashioned vibe. Uh, it feels like a great fit. And I think what we're looking at in the future is perhaps movie studios really thinking about where is a good fit for certain movies. The Vast of Night is not something that you necessarily need to see on the on a huge, huge multiplex screen. It's a small story that can work really well on a smaller screen. I don't think movie studios or, or movie theaters are ever going to go away completely because you still have the big movies, you know, the Star Wars types of movies, the mm. superhero movies that I think people really enjoy seeing on, on the big screen. And I personally would really hate to see movie theaters go away completely. I, I enjoy that movie going experience, but I also have really enjoyed watching movies just with my family around the TV. You know, you you the kitchen is right there. You can you can get the stuff. You can sit down. You can talk about the movie as it's going on if it's if it's pertinent. Um, and I think that that there's a certain intimacy that we are all discovering as movie viewers uh, that we really appreciate. I think that what you're going to find is is that movie theaters may decide to keep a lot of their tentpole movies, the the big blockbuster movies, and release them more traditionally. But more and more, I think you're going to find that 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 studios will roll out some of their smaller movies um, and some of their family movies, quite honestly, um, out to. Streaming services, they'll do as as they did with Trolls World Two at the at the beginning of of the coronavirus crisis. Uh, they will they will release Trolls Two and and allow people to rent it, uh, have sort of that that first run movie experience at home. Um, I think that that movie studios are going to get a lot more varied in how they distribute mm. their product. Um, that's really bad news, of course, for the movie theaters, for movie families, families that enjoy watching movies for movie viewers, it may on the balance be good news because it gives us more options for, for how to see things. That's a good word, uh, Paul. And I'm glad to hear you say that you don't think theaters are going to go away because I'm with you. I like watching movies at home with my family. There's some that are really good for that. But then there's some movies you just kind of have to see on the big screen uh, mm -hmm. and experience that way. So we'll see where all of this goes. But thank you for joining me, Paul Asay from Plugged In uh, Online. Uh, if you're looking for a movie to watch with your family this weekend, tonight, go to Plugged In. They've got some great reviews, great suggestions. You'll want to check that out. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining us. Uh, and thank you for joining us here at uh, Mornings with Carmen. I'm Dan Darling uh, here on Faith Radio. We'll be back on the other side of the, of the break with Peter Yasek and a story uh, from Voice of the Martyrs, uh, his story of being imprisoned with ISIS. Join us on the other side. Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. This is Dan Darling. Glad to be with you here this morning, guest hosting. Uh, we've got an exciting uh, lineup ahead of us of conversation. We're going to be joined by Peter Yasek from Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, he has a fascinating story of working in hostile areas uh, like Nigeria, helping out 
uh, those who were affected from terrorist attacks from Boko Haram. But more importantly, he was arrested in Sudan in 2015 and uh, was basically imprisoned with ISIS. So you'll, you'll want to stay tuned for this conversation on the other side of this break. Glad to be with you here this morning on the radio, on Faith Radio, on Mornings with Carmen. This is Dan Darling. This is Max Locato. Suppose I invited you to experience the day of your dreams. 24 hours on an island paradise with your favorite people, food, and activities. The only stipulation? You'll need to begin the day with one millisecond of distress. Would you accept my offer? I think you would. A moment is nothing compared to 24 hours. Compared to eternity, what's 70, 80, 90 years? A finger snap compared to heaven. We point to our sick child, crutches, or famine. This makes no sense. Yet, of all his creation, how much have we seen? Of all his work, how much do we understand? A doorway peephole. What if God's answer to the question of suffering requires more megabytes than our puny minds have been given? Let God finish his work. The forecast is simple. We have some good days. We have some bad days. But God is in all days. This is Max Locato. Welcome back to Faith Radio and Mornings with Carmen. This is Dan Darling, uh, Senior VP at NRB uh, and pastor here in Tennessee and author, filling in for my friend Carmen this morning. Uh, it's been great to be with you on the radio. I've really enjoyed uh, this time together. And uh, I am uh, just honored to have with me uh, now uh, Peter Yasek, who has worked with Voice of the Martyrs, uh, which is an important organization that really continues to advocate for and and highlight the plight of persecuted Christians around the world. You know, we we get very caught up in our own domestic troubles here uh, in the United States, and and to be sure, our domestic troubles are significant with the coronavirus and with uh, racial violence and and these conversations we're having. Uh, but there's a world beyond America where uh, our brothers and sisters are being persecuted for their faith that we must not forget. And so I wanted to have Peter on to talk about that. Peter has his own unique story. Uh, he has um, helped out in various capacities uh, with Voice of the Martyrs. He has served over in Boko Haram, uh, in uh, Nigeria, where Boko Haram has uh, committed just horrendous terrorist attacks against Christians, uh, helping provide medical care. But uh, in 2015, Peter was arrested at the airport in Sudan after meeting there with some Christians, and he spent 445 days in prison. Uh, and he has a new book called Imprisoned with ISIS. Peter, thanks for joining me today on Faith Radio. Good morning, Dan, and thank for the invitation. So, Peter, uh, I, I want to just start at the beginning, if you can kind of maybe walk us through a little bit of that harrowing experience of being arrested uh, and uh, obviously spending significant time uh, in prison with ISIS and, and, and kind of some of the things you've learned from that. 
You know, first of all, I'd like to say that I do not consider myself a hero. <laughs> so, you know, this was just, uh, you know, uh, an experience that I have heard a lot about from uh, many courageous believers uh, uh, in various countries who are experiencing persecution. And, you know, I had this great privilege to uh, meet those who have not only lost their material things, houses being burned, cars being destroyed. Uh, I have met those who have lost their beloved ones, you know, uh, parents, children, brothers, sisters. But the Lord gave me a special privilege to meet also people whom I consider heroes of faith, uh, those who have also lost parts of their own bodies uh, because they didn't want to renounce their faith in Jesus. And that was all the preparation for this, uh, you know, uh, trouble that I went through in Sudan. You know, I uh, attended a conference in 2015 in October in Addis Abeba where I heard compelling stories about persecution. And uh, that convinced me uh, to visit Khartoum, you know, because I have visited the country of Sudan many times when it was still one country before the secession of the southern Sudan. But when the Christians in South Sudan got their freedom, uh, we focused on the persecuted Christians in uh, northern Sudan. And uh, I planned even to bring some help, um, um, financial help for treatment of young Muslim background believer student who got seriously burned. He was supposed to be killed because of his new faith, but he survived. And I also wanted to uh, document the persecution on completely demolished churches, you know, in Sudan, those Christians and pastors were actively uh, following Christ's great commission, and they're making disciples of all people, including the Muslim-dominated uh, 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 country of Sudan. Those are being in the focus of the secret police, and their churches are being demolished. So I went there, I made my plans, and I thought it would be just a routine trip, but I got arrested in the airport in the moment when I was already holding boarding passes for my flights home, everything, all my equipment got confiscated. And then I was transferred to the headquarters of the Sikhi police where I was interrogated for nearly 24 hours. And after that, you know, I was put into the first out of the five different prisons that I went through in these 445 days. But one most important thing is that we serve a sovereign Lord, and He was in control since the first moment till the last moment. In fact, you know, when the readers open my book, they will find out right from the first pages how the Lord was uh, supernaturally, you know, preparing me for the time in prison two and a half years before that actually happened. Mm. That's such an, a powerful story. And, you know, while you were in prison, you were in prison for 445 days, uh, five prisons, uh, people advocated for you around the world. The Czech Republic actually uh, negotiated your release. I'd love to talk to the, with you about that on the other side of this break, but uh, quickly tell me, when you were in prison and people advocating, uh, can you? How, how, what's that experience like? Uh, knowing that people are praying for you, do you hear that? Do you do you do you do you know people are are fighting to try to get you out, praying for you? What what are you thinking yeah. through during those days? 
First of all, you know, I was amidst of the enemies of the gospel. I was put into the first prison into with six members of Islamic State, you know, who were uh, slandering me, beating me, torturing me. I was uh, actually reaching the bottoms of my physical as well as emotional strength. And I was, you know, I lost 55 pounds within three months and I lost half of my blood through internal bleeding. And in this moment, I have experienced, uh, you know, that the Lord was... Uh, strong in my personal weakness. That was uh, what Paul uh, talks about in Second uh, Corinthians twelve ten. When I am weak, then I am strong. And uh, the prayers were actually what helped me through this difficult uh, time. Especially, you know, I was amidst of my enemies, not literally, not knowing from which side they will hit me, kick me, or slap my face, or fist to my face, or beat me with the wooden stick. But at nine p.m. every night, I was able to fall asleep peacefully and sleep maybe till 4 a.m. to wake up half an hour before their morning prayers. And I was amazed. Why did I have this privilege to fall asleep at 9 p.m.? I only found out through the letters from my family about two months later. Because, you know, my home church was praying, you know, on a regular basis. They even initiated a fasting chain three weeks after I was arrested, a uh, time-unlimited fasting chain. And apart from that, you know, we have a prayer application in our church. And uh, those people who attended at 8 p.m., Czech Republic time, you know, they stopped doing their activities and they went on their knees and they prayed for me. And, you know, uh, the most important thing now, the time difference between Sudan and Czech Republic in wintertime was one hour. So they were actually praying from 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. Sudan, Sudan time. And I could fall asleep peacefully as a result of their faithful prayers. You know, when I got about uh, the information about that through the letters, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know, how many times someone asked me for prayers and I just answer these typical social Christian phrase, yes, yes, I will keep you in my prayers, but I was not faithfully doing that. You know, I made a commitment that I will encourage people around the world to pray for our dear brothers and sisters who are in chains and uh, just to, uh, you know, do everything what we can do, but first of all, to pray. And the, also, the Lord also showed me when I I was kind of uh, without words complaining, feeling sorry for myself when I was in prison about seven months. You know, the Lord put before my spiritual eyes the picture of three Eritrean pastors who at that time when I was complaining inside me about seven months being in prison, they were already 11 and one of them 12 years in prison. And suddenly, you know, the Lord showed me the body of Christ, the whole church, you know, as a unity. And I started to pray. And, you know, the day, the walls in my uh, solitary confinement, where I spent uh, two times in solitary confinement, you know, uh, on each wall, I had different continents, different brothers and sisters whom I was praying for. So the prayers are something essential. Uh, you know, of course, we serve the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God, you know, who could help those people without us. But he's the Lord of fellowship mm -hmm. and he wants to hear from us and he wants to answer our prayers and he wants to uh, help uh, these uh, believers through other parts of the body. Mm. A powerful story from Peter Yasek with Voice of the Martyrs uh, here on Faith Radio with Mornings with Carmen. This is Dan Darling. We're going to have more with Peter on the other side of a short break. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs>
Welcome back to Faith Radio Mornings with Carmen. This is Dan Darling, and I'm glad to have you with us this morning. We're continuing our conversation with Peter Yasik from Voice of the Martyrs, who has a powerful story, as he just recounted in the last segment, of being uh, captured in Sudan, being imprisoned uh, with ISIS uh, members for 445 days in five prisons, tortured for his faith uh, in many ways, and was released uh, after 445 days. We've got a little bit more time with Peter. Peter, uh, after hearing your story, I just I was just uh, listening, and you know, it's an experience that most of us Christians will not have to endure literal, actual beatings and persecutions for being Christians. I wanted to ask you this. I was thinking about this uh, through the break. Um, what did you learn in prison about uh, people who oppose Christianity? What What are some of the maybe myths we might have about uh, the ISIS members or people uh, you were imprisoned with or people who are opposed to the gospel that, that changed your thinking? You know, I was uh, being beaten by them, uh, tortured by them, but uh, this did not prevent me from uh, sharing the gospel with them. Uh, and as I said previously, you know, in my weakness, uh, the Lord showed and proved his strength, and he gave me the right words to answer their questions uh, when I was asked about my Christian faith. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell you honestly, it was not me, it was Christ in me who was able to turn my other cheek to them when they were beating me into face. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I think if we are determined, you know, to follow Christ, uh, he will give us the strength in this situation. But, you know, I had this uh, wonderful moments uh, of uh, experiencing these guys also as human beings, even though they were rejoicing over the, the death of many innocent people in, in uh, Paris, you know, when I shared the news with them, or when I shared, uh, you know, the uh, the amazing testimonies of courageous believers uh, from Nigeria. They were laughing when uh, they heard stories of people, Christians being beheaded, you know, those who didn't want to renounce their Christian faith and save their lives. I witnessed them, you know, uh, sometimes when they woke up at night, you know, they could not sleep and they were on their knees and they were raising hands to heaven and they were having tears in their eyes. Those mm. moments were moments for me to convince me that they are lost people who need the gospel in the same way. And when we look at other people, even at our enemies, and Jesus said in my Matthew 5, 44, uh, love you, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who are persecuting you. Uh, you know, Christianity is the unique religion or faith, you know, that uh, is teaching its followers uh, to uh, love their enemies, the only one. And, uh, you know, I, uh, when I was released, you know, I was actually taken out from the cell uh, by the Lord's intervention, you know, when everything was ready for me and them, I was supposed to be waterboarded by them, you know, they get ready for this torture, everything what they needed, but the Lord rescued me from this, and I had this feeling like Daniel when he was taken out from the lion's den. Uh, but 
I, wherever I go, wherever I share my story, I encourage people to pray for these six ISIS people who were with me in the same cell, that the Lord Jesus may reveal himself to them as the Lord, Savior, and God. And that's, you know, the desire. And I have heard many people uh, having negative feelings about uh, Islam, about Muslims, right? We know mm -hmm. that they are living under uh, the bondage, uh, you know, uh, they uh, are in dark but uh, the, uh, the Lord is the one who is looking at the hearts of people. And if he sees the heart, you know, that is desiring him, but he is the one who is actually uh, looking for us and he is uh, uh, choosing us. And so this is a wonderful thing, you know, that uh, I may even now encourage people to pray for those people uh, that were with me, sharing the same cell with me uh, for some time. And, uh, you know, the Lord also changed the whole situation you know and brought me from changed my perspective from focusing on my needs and my prayers and being released and to go to home to my family that because he showed me that there was an immense missionary field in prison after I was uh, transferred to Al Huda prison where I could share the gospel for six months in the small uh, chapel that they uh, turn uh, into you know one cell into and this was I have experienced six wonderful months. I could say the best six months of not only my prison life, but uh, best six months of my life period. But I could see absolutely hopeless, desperate and forgotten people uh, that needed Christ. And they responded to preaching of the gospel that I did and my two Sudanese uh, colleagues, the pastors were doing. And we could see the sovereign Lord planning everything ahead and being with us and uh, assuring us that he is the one that when he opens, no one can close. And that was the wonderful, uh, you know, knowledge that we always had around us, uh, especially uh, since we were able to preach the gospel uh, in prison. Peter Yasek, uh teaching us how to see the humanity of those who oppose the gospel and to pray for, for our enemies in order for them to, to hear the gospel and live. Echoes of Paul's uh, prison letters where he is in bondage and, and, and uh, yet praying for the salvation of his captors. Thank you, Peter Yasek, for joining us today and blessing us with this word, a word we need to hear. Uh, folks, go to imprisonedwithisis.com and get Peter's book. And read it. It'll encourage your spirit and your heart as you go along your day today. And let's pray for the persecuted church. Pray for those, even right now, brothers and sisters who are in jail, imprisoned, suffering, being tortured for the name, uh, for naming Christ. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. This is Dan Darling. Well, welcome back to Faith Radio. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Dan Darling. I've had a great time filling in for Carmen this morning, and I'm still processing that last conversation we had with Peter Yasek from Voice of the Martyrs, uh, who was imprisoned for 445 days. He shared a cell with members of ISIS, beaten and tortured, and uh, lost quite a bit of weight, lost a lot of blood, and yet came to the point where he was praying for his enemies and sharing the gospel with, with them. What a powerful testimony. And it just made me think too, that um, sometimes as Christians, we lose this aspect of, 
most of us will not have an experience like Peter Yasek, uh, but we face um, opposition for being Christians. We're, we're fighting for good and important things in the culture. Um, it's hard for us sometimes to look across the divide and pray for and love those who might oppose us as Christians. And perhaps we should do more of that. We should see their humanity uh, for what they are. So I hope that you do that today. Uh, I'm going to try to do that as well. But it's been great to be here this morning with you. I've loved hosting on the radio. I encourage you to join us uh, back next week when Carmen is back. If you'd like to find more information about about me, my website is danieldarling.com. You can check out my books and ministry. But thankful for joining you. I hope that God goes with you and blesses you uh, as we live faithfully in tumultuous times. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.